What's going on, y'all? It's your boy KC Fowler, one half of the Fowler's podcast, host of the Melanin Warriors podcast, bringing you yet another Melanin Warrior. Today, you guys are going to get part one of Captain Robert Smalls, guys. It's such an epic story that I had to go ahead and break this up into more than one part. So let's go ahead and jump into this. So Robert Smalls was born in 1839 to his mother, who was enslaved by Henry McKee in Beaufort, South Carolina. He grew up in a city under the influence of the Low Country Gala, which is a geographic and cultural region along the South Carolina coast. His mother was a servant in the house, but grew up working in the fields. Robert, however, was actually a favorite slave of the slave owner on the plantation. So this worried his mom. So she thought because of his special treatment, he would not grow to understand the actual struggle of you know, all the slave that was out in the field. So his mother actually requested her son be placed in a field so he can witness the way slaves were really being treated. See, as parents, you know, we, we want to protect our children as much as possible, but you know, we don't want to shield them to the realities that are going on. You know, that's why <laughs> Men in the Words podcast, guys, because you know they're not gonna teach this to our kids in school. So let's keep it going. So at the age of 12, he was sent to Charleston at the request of his mother to be a laborer, receiving $1 a week with the rest of, of the earned money going to his slave owner. Robert had many tasks from working in a hotel to being a street lamp lighter. But as a teen, his fascination with the sea led him to work on the docks of Charleston. He worked as a longshoreman, a rigger, a sailmaker, and eventually worked his way up to Helmsman. Why is that important? <laughs> Just stay tuned, folks. You'll see. Robert then married at the age of 17. His wife was five years older than he was and already had two daughters. They had their own child in 1856 and three years later had a son who unfortunately passed away at the age of two. At this point, Robert Smalls was ready to earn his freedom, but the price was $800, guys. And, you know, with the research and everything like that, compared to, you know, the, the money now or whatever, the exchange rate, whatever, whatever you want to call it. So, and, you know, that's compared to the numbers of today, which would be like, uh, what, like $23,000 or something. So he had to earn that much money. So he began to make his plans to escape. I don't blame him. That was kind of steep. In April 1861, the American Civil War started with the Battle of Fort Sumter. During the fall of that year, Smalls was assigned to steer the CSS Planter, which was a light-armed Confederate ship used for transporting under Commander Brigadier General Roswell S. Ripley. <laughs> the duties of his ship were to lay mines, deliver dispatches, troops, and supplies, traveling along the coast of Georgia, South Carolina, and Florida. After gaining the confidence of the crew, Robert Smalls prepared his plan to escape in April of 1862. So on May 12th of the same year, the planter docked at its usual spot. The white officers left the ship to spin it out of shore, leaving Robert Smalls and the crew on board like they had always done. But before the officers left, Smalls asked the captain if the crew's families could come aboard for a visit. They were granted permission and that's when they told the escape plan to the families. The families were extremely terrified at first, you know, the women's crying and screaming, um, you know, after learning what was about to happen. But once they calmed down, they were happy at this chance of realizing that they could actually be free, guys. So that right there in itself is, is amazing because they knew what risk they were taking, but their freedom was worth that risk. So three of the crew members pretended to take the families back, but circled around and hid on a different ship. 
at around, it said around three o'clock in the morning on May 13th, Smalls put his plan into action to escape to the Union blockade ships. He put on a captain's uniform and wore a straw hat that looked like the captain's hat. He sailed to the Southern Wharf, um, is what they call it, which is an area to which a ship may be moored to load and unload. So he met up with all the women and children once there and they boarded the planter. After they sailed past five Confederate forts without incident, this was because Smalls knew all the right hand signals to get past the checkpoints. Sailing past Fort Sumter around 4.30 in the morning, it was written that at this time, Fort Sumter was one of the most heavily armored forts in the South. And while the crew became scared, Smalls kept his composure the whole time. So he pulled up to the Union ship onward, taking off his straw hat, and he stated, y'all, he stated, good morning, sir. We have bought you some of the old United States guns, sir. The captain of the onward asked Smalls to display the U.S. flag. He did so. Thus, his escape plan succeeded. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is the first part of the story of Captain Roberts, a melanin warrior who took the knowledge of his oppressors and used it for his people that led to not only himself, but his crew and all of their families being a free melanin people. So y'all go ahead and join me for part two as I discuss Robert Small's role in the Civil War and what happened after. And always remember, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. It's your boy.